loud hosannas, God, deliver us. By the goodness and by the power of your grace, and by the goodness and the power of your resurrection, we could gather in this place and call you the risen king, and we could cry out alleluia to a God who is worthy of all honor and glory and praise, a God who is deserving of everything that we have, that every breath, that every step, that every prayer, that every song, we do it unto you. Because God, we know that you know us by name, that you call us by name, that you give us new names when the world would try to put something on us that is ill-fitting. But it is on Easter Sunday that we also say we know your name, that God, you are Alpha and you are Omega. God, we know you, your name, that God, you are the good shepherd. God, that we know your name, that you are the beginning and the end. God, that we know your name, you are God who cannot fail. God, we know your name, God who provides. God, we know your name, God who is living water. God, we know your name, God who provides bread from heaven. God, we know your name, resurrection and life. So this day, oh God, as we anchor ourselves in these names that you call yourself and these names that we pray back to you, we know this, that in your name there is power, that in your name is how you show up for us, that in your name is how you provide for us, that in your name is how you redeem us, that in your name is how you restore us, that in your name is how you heal us that in your name is how you save us. That in your name is how you raise us. God, you know our names. And today we know your name. Jesus Christ's name above all names beautiful savior, mighty counselor, redeemer of the world. It is in the name of the resurrected Christ that we offer up all of these things to you, secure and steadfast that your resurrection power that was made real in you is a resurrection power that will be made real in us. Now, oh God, as we prepare to hear the word read and also proclaimed, we ask that we would hear with joy what it is that you are going to say to us this day. Speak, oh God, for your servants are listening. And whatever it is that you might say to us this day, May it be a word that gives us life. All this we pray in the strong name of Jesus, the resurrected Lord. And all God's people said, amen. You can be seated.
It is so beautiful to see um, so many of you here in this place. Um, it um, just really, <laughs> I mean, I'm a little bit blown away because it's been a whole 24 months that we have been able to gather in our sanctuary on an Easter Sunday. Um, it was, um, yes, you can, yeah, let's give God thanks and praise. Y'all were swagged out um, Easter of 2019. It was a, just a joyous occasion. And who would have known that a year later we would find ourselves celebrating Easter via Facebook Live. And then last year that we would be celebrating Jesus and also um, sweating just a little bit on the lawn um, as we gathered for the very first time outdoors since March 8th, 2020. And then this Sunday, how God is able to restore the stories of our lives, even in how it looks like with us being able to gather in, in person. And so I'm so grateful for each and every one of you being with us this day. I need to just share with you in advance that the way that I know that God wants to kind of like calm me down is to make me have to hold on to a microphone instead of having a wireless because you, you all know that this is my typical on an, on, an, on an average Sunday. And so on Easter, it is a little bit more. So I'm going to try my very best um, to, to do um, both the micromanaging of a, of a microphone and also to um, this Bible as we launch into the text. Ajua and Sam, as we began our worship service, they started with a beautiful passage of scripture from Luke chapter 24, which proclaims the Easter message or, or the resurrection story of Jesus in Luke's account of this phenomenon in Christ's life, but also too for all of creation. And I want to read um, the first five verses of this particular passage. It says this, but on the first day of the week at early dawn, they came to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. These are the women who had seen Jesus be crucified. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. And the women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. And I want you to hold on to this line. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again. And then in verse 8, it says this. Then they remembered his words. Then they remembered his words. And then the women go and they begin to share this resurrection story with the rest of the disciples. Now, I need to just be completely honest with you over the past two years. I have changed as a person because this pandemic has not been just a small reality, but it has been a global reality that has shifted some things in my life. And one of the things that has shifted for, for me, the thing that has changed for me, is that I'm a little bit more cautious and a little more hesitant to believe things that people say <laughs> when they are predicting things, okay? Because when you live through a whole personal pan pizza, also known as a pandemic, this global reality will shift the way in which you hear how people say things, even when they say things with a great level of certainty. 
Remember how they told us that we're only going to have to take two weeks off and then we'd be back at church? Remember how they told us then, oh no, not two weeks, but by Easter you'll be back at church. Remember how they told us that we will go back to our normal lives in one year. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> and then remember how none of that happened. This has been a very difficult season. Talking about the last two years, to hold on to the things that people have said to us that sometimes feel too good to be true. This has been a very difficult season to cling to the words of other individuals, of human beings, and to hold on to those words with a great level of hope, even when they speak those words with a great level of certainty, because this has been a season. Whether in small ways or in large ways, we have found ourselves at some point disappointed by some of the things that people have said. There have been many realities that have happened over the last two years that make it hard to believe or hold on to hope. Without a little bit of caution or reservation or hesitancy. So on the first day of the week at early dawn when the women had come to the tomb, these women who had been with Jesus, even from Galilee into Jerusalem, to that place of Golgotha called the Skull, watching their friend, their master, their Messiah be crucified. When they get to the tomb to prepare Jesus' body, and they find the tomb empty, they are perplexed. Basically, they could not put two and two together. That Jesus, who was now not lying in the tomb, uh, this tomb now empty, and then holding on to the words that Jesus had spoken to them, even when they were in Galilee. They were perplexed because they hadn't put those puzzle pieces together. Oh, this empty tomb and the things that Jesus had said to them in Galilee. Now, um, these women knew Jesus well. They were devout. They weren't just kind of like on the fringe friends. In fact, uh, they are talked about as also disciples or followers of Jesus. They had seen the things that Jesus had done. They had heard the words that Jesus had spoken. Some of them, their very own lives had been changed and transformed by the power of Jesus. But in this moment, they could not put two and two together. Here there's this empty tomb and also remembering that Jesus told them that he would be raised. Now, um, some people believe that when we are in very stressful situations or when we have come through seasons of great distress, that the coping mechanism that the body will oftentimes resort to is either disassociation, which means that all of a sudden we start to feel kind of far off from things that have happened in our lives. Some of you might know what that feels like, like when you can't remember certain pockets of your childhood, like you know something happened, but you cannot quite connect to it. You feel distant from it. 
But the other coping mechanism that sometimes we have when we're in stressful situations is to deal with a lapse of memory or amnesia. That when things get difficult, we might have total or partial loss. I want you to think about moments in your life when you are in deep despair and it is so hard for you to remember a moment when you were laughing or filled with joy. It feels very far, like there's this, this loss of memory of like when times used to be good. Or, or, or when you feel unlovable and you forget about that time that someone said deeply that they love you and they care about you. So these women who have come to the tomb who are perplexed cannot put two and two together. Now we have to understand that they are in a great bit of distress and maybe they have just forgotten the things that Jesus has said to them. I've been watching a lot of Netflix. And if I had been a screenwriter of this particular scene, when these angels, these men who were in dazzling white said to the women, why do you look for the living among the dead? This would have been the moment that I would have had Jesus, da -da 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 -da. Like, so I would have had a, a kind of a dramatic moment they cannot believe. Well, let me tell you how we're going to get them to believe. Seeing is believing. Come on, Jesus. Like, you know, with the white cloth, you know, the grave cloth. Like, this is the moment. But instead of Jesus appearing, the angels who have met these women at the tomb simply tell them to do this. Remember how he told you. Remember how he told you. While he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again. There is no grand entrance of Jesus. There is simply the invitation to remember. And it says that after these men in dazzling white said, remember how he told you these things? It says, then they remembered his words. And not only did they remember Jesus' words, this is the moment that the women who are at the tomb go to go proclaim the resurrection, which means that they not only remember Jesus's words, they also believed Jesus's words about what Jesus had said about himself, that he was going to be raised from the dead. Are you guys tracking with me? Here's the beautiful thing about remembrance, even in the Christian tradition. Remembrance is the way in which we, as God's people, put things back together. It is literally a hallmark of our faith. Remembrance isn't simply nostalgia. It is not even simply musing up old memories or recollecting. Remembrance is the way in which we hold on to Jesus' promises in our present, even if we have to go back to the past to begin to believe that God is going to be with us in our future. When we are called to remember, basically what we are called to do is to recognize that Jesus doesn't make suggestions. Jesus offers up promises. 
So the remembering is a rehearsal of how God has showed up and how God will continue to show up. So that we believe that in the present moment, God is still at work. So that if we can remember how God showed up then, then we can also believe that God's power is not thwarted by the present day and that God's power will still be active in this day and in the days to come. Remembrance wakes up our hope. Hear me, friends. Remembrance wakes up our hope when we are in a place of despair. Remembrance wakes up our hope when we are in a place of despair. And these women would have understood the strategy of remembrance. Because it was also the hallmark of their faith. These women who were devout Jews as well, who had now followed Jesus, would have heard the stories of their ancestors in the wilderness. And how it is that whenever they find themselves in a particular place or even gathered at a meal that they were to recall or to remember, remember how the Lord your God brought you from Egypt. They would have known that story. Remember how the Lord your God provided quail and manna and water from the rock. They would have remembered that story. Remember how your clothes did not wear out, not even the soles on the shoes of your, on your feet. They would have remembered that story. And here is the thing, my friends, is that even that story that they had been told, probably as young people, of the wilderness wanderings of their ancestors was still told to them secondhand. Oh, I'm about to go somewhere. But the angel, these men in dazzling white, when they're talking to these women, don't just tell them, remember what they said. Now, if we can remember and hold on to and even believe what they said about God bringing your ancestors out of Egypt, how God brought your people through uh, the, the, the wilderness with manna and with quail and water from the rock, how God made sure that even your clothes and your shoes were preserved. If they could hear that secondhand and believe it, then they could believe firsthand what Jesus had said. Remember how he said, and these women who were at the tomb probably heard when Jesus says, I am living water. Remember how he said that I am the bread from heaven. Remember how he said that he is the good shepherd. Remember how he said that if you are weary, I will give you rest. Remember how he said that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but in me, I will give you life and life more abundantly. And probably at some point in time as these women were journeying with Jesus, not only did those words resonate with them, but those words probably lived within them, changed something in them, were words that they didn't hear but also experienced. That when these angels who were at the tomb said, if maybe you can hold on to all the other things that he told you, can you also hold on 
to when he said he'd be handed over, that he would be crucified. But on the third day, he would be raised. What Jesus says is connected to promise. And it may not always be in the ways in which we had hoped or believed. And sometimes the way in which Christ shows up for us or moves in us or moves through others to speak to us might not have been the way that we had imagined. But we also trust that Jesus is trustworthy. That Jesus isn't a scammer. So that then we can also trust that the resurrection, that Christ coming back again isn't a scam. We sometimes sit outside of empty tombs. We watch the news, it feels like a tomb. We look back over our lives, it feels like sometimes a tomb. And then we are called to remember how he told us. We are called to remember how he told us that he'd be handed over, that he would be crucified, but that Jesus too would also be raised. Might we believe? Might we too believe? In the name of the one who creates, redeems, and sustains. Amen. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, sometimes we forget, and sometimes it is difficult to believe. Sometimes the path is filled with obstacles and our way doesn't feel clear. And it's in those moments of distress, oh God, that we may begin to forget how you have provided for us in the past, how you have shown up for us in the past, how you have loved us in the past. So God, if we begin to fail to remember, might we cling to whatever words feel most true? Whatever words feel most real? And however, oh God, you have ever come to us in a way that feels most trustworthy.
that we might lean in to the things that you have said to us, not just to speak words, but to speak life. so that we might know life. God, help us never to forget that your promises are promises. So that when we find ourselves in desperate places, by, that by the power of remembrance, oh God, you might stir up in us a sense of hope to trust in what you have said and to trust in who you are. God, we pray all of this in your strong name. Amen.